0: You know, I didn't want to come to church this morning. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, but I'm glad I did. Because I got me a touch this morning. You know, maybe that was the devil fighting with me this morning not to get me to come because he knew the Lord was going to touch me this morning, you know, greatly. You know, it's, it's funny how that stuff goes, you know, because what do how does it go when you're being tested? You know, are you passing the test or are you failing the test? Because i tell you, I failed this test this week. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've been all great. I have. I failed the test the Lord has laid out before me. But I ask him to help me this morning down on my knees. Because, you know, we we had to go out to Nashville this weekend to do some hands-on training at a at a company that makes our press stuff. So we went out out there and learned from their people, you know, stuff that we can help us with troubleshooting and everything. And y'all know Nashville and out that way it's the traffic is all <laughs> so me and my Baptist preacher friend and another guy that went with us is he's been to church but he's not in church. I mean he's 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 a fence hopper, I guess you would say right now. Because he talks about getting back in church, but he's not back in church. So we prayed. And when we sit down and had our meals that the company prayed for, we prayed out loud. We didn't pray to ourselves. You know, my friend, he prayed or I prayed. One of us prayed. And the Lord blessed us with traffic and great travels. I, I kid you not. We... We we when we first got into Nashville Wednesday morning we was making such good time that we actually had time to go to the Bass Pro Shop before <laughs> training. So what does that tell you? I mean the Lord he he blessed us, and then when we stopped at Manchester and had our lunch right, and I prayed I said Lord help us through the rest of our trip that it goes smoothly, and and we got back to work and. We come all the way through Chattanooga and never slow down. Never slow down. And Jerry sit up front and he said, man, I can't believe that. I said, we prayed for it, Jerry, and it happened. But then the testing comes. All right? Yes, he will bless you at times, but there's going to be a testing behind it. And I'm going to tell you, things didn't go my way the way I wanted to and the way I thought they would this weekend, and things didn't go my way, and I got angry. And i am tell you what, I was just mad at the world. I was mad at everybody. Nobody done anything. I was just mad. And I'll tell you, I'm tired of being mad. And I'm telling you, I just... The Lord is going to test you on problems that you have, that you're asking... For deliverance from it. He's going to bless you at times but there is going to be times where he's going to test you on it and are you doing are you passing that test and I'm going to tell you right now I failed this week but I repented and I asked the Lord to help me and I'm still asking the Lord to help me it's not easy it's not easy but you got to swallow your pride at times get down on your knees and ask for forgiveness. That's all you can do. And pray the next time the Lord tests you that you do better. It's not always going to be everything you want it to be. The Lord has chosen your path for you. Are you going to accept it no matter if there's a speed bump in a way or a brick wall? He will help you go over that speed bump and bust through that wall if you allow Him. You know, when my friend was texting me this morning, he's got to a point where he sends me a verse every morning around six o'clock. But this morning he didn't send it to me at six. He sent it to me before I come to church. And I'm gonna tell you, I didn't want to text him back. But I did. I sent him Joshua verse one or chapter one, verse nine. I'm gonna tell you that's that's a strong verse right there. He guides you if you'll let him. I'm going to tell you, there's always going to be a test even before or after he blesses you, so be prepared. Don't let it catch you off guard like it did me. I should have known it was coming. I really should have. I should have known, but it's still it, it I, I failed, but I asked for forgiveness and I'm still asking for help. Lord, deliver me from that. Because I don't like being angry. He don't want us angry. The devil wants to steal your joy. And that's exactly what he done this weekend. That's exactly what he done. And And I, me, not anybody else, me allowed him to do that. But we don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. Lord, give me strength. Give me guidance. Give me wisdom. Dear Lord in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this week, Lord. I thank you for my journey through everything, through the highs and the lows, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to keep working in me, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to touch each and every single body here tonight, and even the ones that are watching behind that camera, Lord. I, I want you to touch them right where they're at, Lord. And Lord, I, I ask you to anoint Thomas tonight, Lord, help him deliver the message that you laid out before him, because this morning was a great message, Lord. He laid it out just plain and simple, Lord. He brought stuff to light that I didn't see before, Lord. I ask you to just keep touching us. Help us to understand your word even greater, Lord. Help us to understand what you're trying to say to us, Lord. Help us to understand the path you have chosen for us, Lord. And Lord, as we begin our path for this week, Lord, I ask you to keep allowing us to follow you, Lord. Help us to follow you, Lord. Show us the path that you have chosen for us, Lord, and we thank you for everything you're doing. Amen.
1: I understand that I would serve him. serve Him till I die. Now I'm on that battlefield for my Lord. Well, I promised Him that I would serve Him till I die.
2: Bit.
3: okay ha. amen if you give him a handcuff of praise tonight amen i want to say we're praying for levi he ended up not feeling well so i want to pray for levi as we pray tonight remember levi in prayer he was not feeling well this morning so pray for him i'm sure there's many other people that need prayer that are sick i know we have family members friends all loved ones that need prayer for anything and everything everyone seems to be getting hit back to back to back and it's a test. Just like he said, it's a test to see how we'll handle it and how we will come out through the fire. That song says, he never promised that the cross would not get heavy, that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered a victory without fighting. That's the part we don't want. It's like, well, I'm going to get my victory, but I'm just going to sit here. And I'm not going to go to the battle. Well, David had to step out by faith to kill a giant. It wasn't him that did it, but Jesus helped him destroy it. So, we have to do something You have to stand up to walk, don't you? So you have to walk in the army to get to the battle, to win the battle. Amen. And even though we want to sit down, sometimes, okay, I'm tired. I don't think I can do it today. I don't think God says, well, I just don't think I'm going to heal you today. I don't feel like it. Well, if that's the case, I guess we would not be here. Because if we went off of how we felt, I guarantee no one would be here. Half the time, if we just went off feelings and emotions, but when we have him in our hearts, when he we have him dealing with us and touching us outwardly, inwardly, spiritually, that's how we win the battle. That's how they fought Jericho. That's how they won the battle of Jericho. That song and the walls came tumbling down. They went because they stood there. Well, they're gonna have to fall somewhere. I'm just gonna stand here and watch them fall. They had to put it into action. So all those stories in the Bible, Noah's are I mean, all these things that we think about and we preach and we teach. They had to do something. They couldn't just sit there. God didn't say, well, just sit there and I'll give it to you. That's not how it works. Amen? So just pray for those that aren't here. They may be struggling, maybe fighting things, sickness, disease. There's a lot of people that are struggling with that right now. It's a season, so just pray for them. As we take up the offerings, pray for people who may be struggling financially. There's people out there that might not have a lot, but they give. We thank you because that is a cheerful heart. That's a humble heart. That's a humbling thing for people that might not have a lot. Trust him. If you don't have a lot to give, give him what you got, because I guarantee he will double that. Sometimes he'll even triple it. It's not, it's not, it shouldn't be a, well, if he gives me triple, I'll give some. It should be, it's yours, Lord, whatever you do with it, I don't expect anything in return, but I know that you're going to see me through. That's the attitude we should have. It's not, well, I'm going to give this because I expect triple in return. That's not, I don't think that's how it works. God doesn't say, well, I'm going to give you this, but I expect this in return. All he wants is our hearts. So that's the attitude we have to have when we give, amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for all of your blessings upon us, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done today, for the good day of church we've had, for your spirit moving. For the singing lord the playing the preaching god to hear your word lord we thank you for the blessings you've given us just your spirit lord is enough lord for us we are content and happy but we always want more lord so we ask that you would use us god help us to be eager for more of you lord help us to want to help others that need you god help us to be a light to those that are in a dark dark world that we live in but let them see that there is hope And there is light at the end of the tunnel. If they'll just keep pressing on and moving forward, Lord, that you will touch them, God. That you'll bless them, Lord. We pray for the upcoming trips, Lord, that you have planned, God. That you would move, Lord, in a mighty way. That you would touch people to give, Lord, those that would receive. Those who are watching, God, whoever may be watching or listening that needs a touch from you, Lord, that you would come to where they are, Lord, even if they're not here, Lord, that you would go to them, God. People that we know that need you, Lord, that you would touch them, God, that you would bless them, God. Spiritually, physically, Lord, we know that if you can use a donkey, you can use us, God. So we ask right now, Lord, that you would touch us tonight, God. Bless those that give, Lord, and bless those that are here, God, and those that couldn't be. We ask that you would touch them, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.
2: for your flight <laughs> I ain't talking about on a plane you'll trip to heaven amen these doors of clay are going to burst wide open <laughs> praise the Lord that part says I can see loved ones over yonder no more tears no more sorrow no more pain just rejoicing in the presence of the Lord and we're stuck here <laughs> <laughs> we're the ones that got the bad end right now but we're going to have the good side we're going to have the good part of the deal someday soon we're all going to have our day the only thing that matters is that we're ready amen, amen. you never know when you're going to leave this earth the most important thing is where are you going what's your destination you going to be heaven or hell if you know Jesus Christ there's nothing to be worried about Nothing be nothing to be concerned about Praise the Lord. Tonight, I want you to go with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I thought Brian was actually just going to go right on out and preach on what the Lord had given me for tonight because he was all over it. And I was, like, I was like, praise the Lord. That's just confirmation to what I feel like the Lord's put into my heart and the good testimony that he gave too. You know, it takes a real man, a real man repents. A real man says, Lord, I'm sorry. A real man says, Lord, I messed up. A real man says, Daddy failed. A real man says, Honey, I messed up. A real man says, I... But you know what a real man does? He submits to God. He asks God to forgive him. He picks up, and he goes on. Amen. And I'm, I'm proud of you, Brian, for picking up and going on. The only difference between you and a lot of others is you came on the church. And other people need to learn that. That you need to come on to church because you're going to get hit sometimes just before church. You're going to get hit just after something great happens. And it is, as he said, it's a test. And the Lord, man, it took me back to some, I'll just save it for the message if the Lord takes me there. It took me back to some, some times in my own life in the early years and going back and forth to Nashville. <laughs> what a miracle. It's a miracle that you got through Chattanooga without stopping. That's a miracle. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Tonight, Romans chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Do you not know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For he who is dead is freed from sin. We'll stop there and pray. Lord, we ask you for your help tonight. Lord, for your anointing on your word. We thank you tonight, Lord, for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the testimonies. Lord, even some may seem negative, but Lord, there's a lot of positive in the negatives. God, when we let you have control. And, Lord, I thank you tonight that no matter what the devil has hit people with, there is a way through it, and that way is through Jesus Christ. And, Lord, you are the one that we're to look to, you and you alone. And, Lord, I thank you tonight. And even as Brian said, Lord, that you don't want your children struggling. You don't want us living defeated. You don't. And, Lord, your word tells us the answer. Your word gives us gives us the victory. Your word tells us there is a way to overcome these obstacles that Satan desires to use to destroy us, but you desire to use to build us. And Lord, I thank you tonight I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the people that are here tonight. I thank you for everyone who helps us here, Lord. You know who they are. You know what they do. I thank you for those that watch through the Internet. And, Lord, I pray tonight that if there are people that are watching, that are struggling, that are going through these issues, as Brian mentioned, some of these issues that people deal with tonight, God, that they don't know what to do, that tonight they'll learn what to do and they'll know how to handle it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. As I said, man, you were all over it when you opened, Brian, and the things that the Lord had put into my heart to to minister on tonight, and I titled this little teaching I'm going to do tonight, Sin is not a disease. It's a nature. Sin is not a disease, it's a nature. And diseases, you know, diseases, think about the word disease. <laughs> can be, or usually, you know, treated with medicine, treated with psychiatry, psychology, or programs, or whatever. But you know, Sin is treated and dealt with not through man-made efforts, but by Jesus Christ alone and what he did at the cross. The word disease, I wrote this stuff down, so I'm going to tell you what I wrote down. The definition of the word disease is, it says a disorder of structure or function in humans. It's a particular quality, habit, or disposition regarded as adversely affecting a person or a group of people. Well, you know what? We all have been affected adversely affected by sin because we are we are a product of the fall. And I, and and I I even more confirmation this morning. I turned the radio on, I was driving down the road, and lo and behold, here they are talking about this. Talking about the sin nature and what sin is, and what and what uh, the answer to it is, and and we're, we are all born. Every person in this place, even these little babies, even little beautiful Malachi, who's already we are telling them sometimes no, 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 trying to teach him what no means. That's what we have to teach them. No. We don't have to teach them, yes. They know how to do that, right? No. <laughs> and because and because they're born, we all are born in sin. It's a product of the fall. Genesis chapter 3. You already know the story. You know what happened. It was rebellion, it was deception, it was uh being misguided, ignoring God's word, which brought Adam and Eve down, and when they fell, Two people who before were perfect, made in the image of God, no sin, no, no guile, no, no hypocrisy. I mean, created in a, a fashion like we can't even understand today. Before the fall, they were naked and were not even ashamed of it. But after the fall, after the sin, after the rebellion, what did the Bible say that they did? They covered themselves with fig leaves. They sowed fig leaves to try to cover their nakedness because now they recognized they were naked and they went and they hid themselves from God and he came and confronted them. He saw their fig leaves. He knew what happened and he confronted them and, you know, Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the devil and everybody's been blaming everybody else since. That's one of the problems. People don't want to take responsibility for their sin and their wrongdoing. But like you, you can try to ignore your wrongdoing, but it ain't going to go away. God is going to deal with it sooner or later, and it's better just to let them deal with it sooner. They hid from him, and at that time, we know a sin curse entered into this earth. Even the animals... Before that, they were not carnivorous. They didn't eat meat. They were vegetarians, the Bible teaches. But after the fall, they become meat eaters. They're they're bloodthirsty. And sin entered into the earth. That's what uh, Paul wrote in Romans, that the first man, Adam, he fell. He disobeyed God. But the last Adam, Jesus, he didn't fail. And he came to restore back what the first Adam lost. And that's a relationship with God. And he did it through his sacrifice on the cross. So we know that the sin nature entered the earth and from then on every human being ever born until now is born in sin. You're not born a saint, you're born a sinner. You don't have, again, you have to be told no. Don't steal. Don't lie. You tell them children from the time they're little. Don't cuss. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't hide and do stuff. Do things right. They have to be told that. And that's what under the law, that's what God did. Under the law, that's why God gave the law. The law was given to say, look, this stuff is wrong. You don't steal. You don't kill. You don't covet your neighbor's stuff. You don't commit uh, uh, idolatry. You, you know, you don't, the Ten Commandments, we know all of them. Thou shalt not, you don't that was given to keep evil at bay. It was never given to stop evil because law doesn't stop evil many times law agitates that evil nature you know you can it's just human nature you can walk up to a fence and it says do not touch and what would will, what will somebody do <laughs> touch human nature because that's what we're born with because of the fall so sin was introduced into the earth and every human being from then on was affected by it. The the world's cure or help for those that are bound by sin is programs. The world's. I want to say this. The world's cure for or help for those bound by sin, or they want to call it a disease, is a program. A psychologist, they say you need professional treatment. They say you need medicine. Uh, and more and all they do is is all all they do is they just treat it they just all they know how to do is treat some of the symptoms there's never a cure in their eyes it's always it's, it's, it's you you got to cope with it you have to live with it if you were an alcoholic and, and you're recovering and you're, you're struggling, they say, well, you're always gonna be like that because you, there's no cure for you, so we'll treat the symptoms. And you just continue to tell everyone that you are a recovering alcoholic. And all they do is try to treat symptoms. In other words, people are always having to live with these sins and bondages, and there's no hope and no way out. But you see, there is a way out through Jesus Christ. There is deliverance from it in Jesus Christ. The gospel not only defines what sin is, but it also delivers us from its power. The Bible tells us what sin is. We don't have to read the Bible very far to know what sin is, do you? As a matter of fact, you don't have to read the Bible at all. You know what sin is. Right. Huh. We, we were born with it, committing it from the time we were born. You know, as a kid, I still remember as a kid doing things that I knew, I knew down inside were wrong. I knew it. And I always had this feeling, I couldn't explain it, I didn't come up in no Christian home, y'all already know that, I came up in a home of, wasn't good, and how somehow God watched over me in that situation, and even I know today, I believe He tried to deal with me even as a kid when I would do things that were not right. And at night, sometimes I would lay in the bed and I would just have this sense that somebody was watching everything I did and I could feel it. I could feel it. And I didn't know anything about Jesus. I wasn't introduced to the Lord. I didn't hear anything about the Bible. I just knew. And I think God has put that in every human being to know that he's real. That there is somebody greater. <laughs> There's somebody who sees everything. Who knows everything. So sin, let me go back to this. The gospel not only defines what sin is, but the gospel also delivers us, the message of the cross, listen, brings deliverance from the power of the sin nature. We're not born with a disease. We are born with a sin nature, and that nature is what drives us to commit acts of sin. And the more you do it, many times, the worse it becomes. You know, some sins you can, some evil habits that you can get involved in, when they are developed, they only get stronger. They only get worse. And some of us in this building can testify to that, that some of the things that we started out playing with when we were younger, as we grew up and we practiced them more, they only got worse. Like drinking. Drugs. Perversion, whatever, and these evil habits—well, they are habits, but they're sins. Have been dealt with, and they can only be dealt with by the cross of Jesus Christ. Here's some verses I want you to listen to. First John three seven eight says this: "He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. There's the fall from the beginning." The fall. He causes God's people to rebel against God's way. To ignore God's word. The devil sent it from the beginning, but for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Good news. The works of the devil is sin and bondage. The work of Jesus Christ is the power of the blood that can save you and deliver you from any and every bondage. The cross, my friend, is the answer for sin. Here's another one. Hebrews 2.14 says this, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus Christ, also himself likewise took part of the saying that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them that were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Boy, that's good. <laughs> he did it, how? Through death. He, he doesn't need a doctor He doesn't need a psychiatrist. He doesn't need a program. All He needs for us to do is to look to what He's already done because what He did at the cross broke the power of Satan. It broke the power of sin. That nature that we're born with that we are driven by to do wrong when we open up and come to him and cry to him to come into our heart and into our life the work of the cross is now put into effect in your heart, in your life the old you is now crucified with him the old you went to Calvary with him was crucified and raised up from the dead by the power of God to walk in newness of life, to be set free from sin, to break the power of that sin nature. That's how God deals with sin. He doesn't deal with it like man does. And look, you can you can ignore it. You can say, "Well." I won't do that again. Okay. And God will show you, you will do that again. Until you come to the place that you can learn to stop saying, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do that and say, Jesus, you did it all. And I'm surrendering it to you. I can't save myself. I can't free myself. I can't fix myself but you have already paid the price to do everything that needs to be done in my life. What did Jesus say in Luke 4, 16 and 17? He said, For the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised. We have the answer all through the Word of God of how all of our issues are dealt with, but yet people today are still ignoring God's way. You know, some of what you said when you opened took me back about 24 years ago, going to Nashville, (laughs) Going back this morning, every two weeks, my wife and I, we just made a trip recently to go see my brother over there in the hospital. And we were coming back, and I was just thinking about it. I told my wife, I said, Can you believe that we drove this every two weeks back and forth, every two weeks, going back and forth to see family, see kids, every two weeks, and we survived. (laughs) And we would go back to... (laughs) We didn't want to go back. We really didn't. I didn't want to go back period many times. But we had to. We needed to. Because when the Lord brought us here. Everything was just so much different here. Our lives had changed. All the resemblance of the old. We just wanted to cut loose from it. We didn't want. But the Lord didn't let us do that. He had to help us to remember some things and we would take that trip every two weeks going to see family going to see the kids and you won't talk about the devil fighting you know we got i got set free from alcohol just like that free 25 years no temptation to drink alcohol but I can tell you there have been some temptations to want to cause bodily harm to some people. There have been some temptations for some other things that God has had to help me to overcome. But I remember one time we went over there and, you know, we visited family, see kids, and it seemed like every single time we come back on Sunday here, we were... just down because of all the the stuff over there the family issues the devil fighting you trying to make you feel guilty for moving away stuff (laughs) and I remember we were coming back home one weekend I don't know what happened it don't matter on our way, we were coming just about through Cookville and i don 't know what happened. me and her flew off the handle at one another and before you know it, we done said some stuff and i I said something that opened my big mouth and said something i shouldn't have said and then i i got I started feeling conviction, I started feeling bad, and I said oh, God help me and i don't i don't I don't remember what exit it was, but I remember I pulled off the next exit I seen, and I pulled off, and there was a cat and Ds off that exit. And I pulled off and pulled into that parking lot. I got out of that van or that car we was in. I went into the bathroom. I got shut the door in front of the stall. Got right down in front of the toilet on my knees. And I was crying, oh, God, help me. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry for what I said. Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. Lord, I don't want to live like this. I'm talking to somebody tonight. And I didn't know the message of the cross back then. We were just beginning to hear bits and pieces of the truth. And I repented. God, I'm sorry. I don't want to live like this. And I didn't. And you know, as time went on, the Lord forgives you. He restores you. He touches you. You pick back up and you go, but then a little later on, here it comes again. Something happens again, and boom, here you go. And you find yourself in this pattern. And then it's when you begin to start crying out, Lord, deliver me. <laughs> Help me. Because you didn't die to leave. Look, you set me free from alcohol. You set me free from drugs. You set me free from, from a foul mouth. Lord, you can free me from anger. You can free me from a temper. You can free me. And I knew it. But it wasn't until we started hearing this, what I'm telling you right now, it wasn't until we were exposed to this, this message, the message of the cross for sanctification, learning to know what to put our faith in. Because until you do, it's going to be the same cycle over and over And as God says, he he will always forgive you. Anytime anybody repents, I don't care whether you know the message or not, if you repent, you're forgiven. But repentance is not deliverance from that sin. And somehow I had this thinking that it would just go away. Boy, was I in for it. It It wasn't going away it would only get worse at times until and it wasn't just me it was both of us she had issues I had issues we're newly saved we've been free from a lot of stuff but there's still a lot of corruption left y'all here tonight you know you still got some corruption in you you know there's still some corrupt there's, there's still that's there's in nature it's still there it's not supposed to be ruling, but it is there. And it if I talk to your wife long enough, she'll tell me it's there. If I talk to your husband, to your children, to your, your co-workers or your boss, they know the sin nature is still there. And people today, they don't know what to do with it. That's why they, they try to talk it out of people. They try to... Uh, you know, the, the doctors, the programs, the, the medicine, all the things that they, they try to deal with these sins because they don't know what to do with it. They only just try to treat it. But see, tonight, we don't have to treat anything. There is a cure for the bondages of our flesh. And His name is Jesus. And what He did at Calvary broke the power of the devil so that you and I can be made free and We don't have to live up and down defeated every other week. We can walk in victory and we can come to the place where we can say, sin no longer has dominion over me because I'm not living under law. I'm living by grace. I'm living by faith. I didn't say you're perfect, but I'm telling you, you can get out of that cycle. You can get out of that. You're always going to be like that. No, you don't have to always be like that. Satan wants you to stay like that. And he'll cause you to blame it on other people. The blame game. If you hadn't acted like that, I wouldn't have cussed. If you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have did what I did. (laughs) We always want to blame somebody. Look in the mirror. You're the one cussing. You're the one losing your temper. You're the one ready to commit murder. You're the one. We don't have to define what sins, and I don't have to go through what every act of sin is. We know. As my, my great nephew told me last night, he said, Man, sometimes I do wrong, and boy, when I do, he said, I feel so bad. I feel like a dog. I said, you know what? That's a good thing. That's how you know you're right. (laughs) Because if you're a Christian, you say you're a Christian and you're sinning and you don't feel anything and you think you're okay, you got something wrong with you, you better get a checkup. You better get the Dr. Jesus and have your heart examined. Because he don't let you get away with doing things that are wrong that are against his word. And there's a lot of things that are sins. Again, that we, don't, we don't need to try to define all of them tonight. You know when it's wrong because the Holy Spirit will convict you. Listen, some sins that are still here, that are here today, that were here thousands of years ago. I'm just going to read some of them off. That are still prevalent today. Rebellion against God and His Word, Adam and Eve. Murder. Cain and Abel. Lying, stealing, drunkenness, idolatry, obscenity. (laughs) What, What did the Lord tell Moses when he was up on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 32 when Moses was up receiving the commandments from God and having a visitation with the glory of God and the people that he left with Aaron, the Bible said... They put the pressure on Aaron and said, We don't know what's happened with this uh Moses fella. Why don't you just get up and make us a god, make us some gods, and we'll we'll make our own selves some gods and we'll worship them. And he acquiesced. Bring me all your gold, bring me your silver, bring me your jewelry, and the Bible said they put it into the fire and started casting idols. And out comes a golden calf. And the Bible said the next morning they rose up and they begin to worship that thing. And then it said after that they all begin to participate in some licentiousness, some wickedness, stripping off their clothes, getting drunk, implication they were getting drunk, stripping off their clothes, singing music that was of the devil. Gathered around acting like a bunch of idiots, worshipping a golden calf, and God told Moses, he said, Get down from here, your people, not mine, your people have corrupted themselves. Get down and go confront them. Show them their sin. Show them their wrong. And sin was being committed. From the begin- from the very beginning of time, all types of things. It it's said that they had corrupted themselves. Today, the nation is corrupt. The world is corrupt. The sin of pride. The big eye. Life's all about me. Ego. Greed. Covetousness. Homosexuality was a sin then and it's a sin now. And it's prevalent in our society today. And we can go on and on and on and on with what sin is. Things that were instituted then that even before law was given God said they were wrong. But the law was not given to free them from the bondage of sin. The law was given to show them their sin. Until the time, appointed time, when God would send His Son Jesus to die on the cross to free us from sin. And this is what Paul is writing about here the whole chapter of romans chapter 6 that's really what this is addressing it's addressing the sin nature not really acts of sin this is an addressing of the sin nature that every one of us are born with and I don't know about you, but as I said, I didn't have anybody to ever take me here, ever teach me anything about this. I didn't know anything about it until God brought us in contact with Brother Swagger's ministry, a man whom he had already shown these things to, thank God, through his own experiences and failures so he could be used to give it to thousands of others. And I'm glad tonight that I'm one of those recipients of the truth. I don't care how many people hate Jimmy Swaggart. I don't care how many hate the name. I love him. I don't care how much they bash Jimmy Swaggart, Donnie Swaggart. I don't care what they say about him. I thank God that God has some men raised up. That he would use to tell man what his real problem is, but not only what the problem is, what the answer is, and not telling them because he heard it from somebody, but telling them because he has experienced himself and it is from the word of God. And that answer is the message of the cross. And if you throw this to the side, if you ignore this, well, I don't need to hear that. I already know what the, I already know about the cross if you take that attitude when you start struggling when you start failing you're going to miss it because there's more to this than you think knowing it is one thing but now applying it is the second part what does that mean? that means that when you experience failure and you do wrong you've got to apply this message to it You've got to apply faith to it. You've got, you've got, okay, I, okay, I come here, brother Thompson, I hear this stuff all the time. Okay, like he said, testing time's coming. Okay, you heard the word today, now you, you might get tested tomorrow. Will you be prepared for the test? Will you be equipped? Because God has already equipped us with what we need to pass the test. All we need is faith and trust. That's it. And surrender. So when Paul wrote what he wrote in Romans chapter 6... He was addressing it to the sin nature, not just acts of sin, the nature. Verse 1, he said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I read that I don't know how many times as a young Christian, and I didn't understand what it meant, all of it. But I knew good and well that as a Christian, I can't continue in sin. I can't just do what I want to do. I can't act any way I want to act and make excuses for it because the scripture says we can't continue in sin. So I would find myself when I said, I repented. I did the smart thing. But I didn't know how to get out of the cycle. I didn't know about faith. I didn't know about the cross as the object of faith. Nobody ever told me this. Nobody ever preached this to us. So when you don't know this, you're stumbling around. And your faith is wishy-washy. Your faith, if your faith, listen, if your faith is not in the finished work of the cross, it's in something else. And it don't matter what it is it's wrong and it's going to lead you to bondage that's why the message of the cross is so important today for Christians to know what sanctification is all about and how to live if we ever needed the knowledge of how to live a clean life in a perverted world it's right now and perhaps that could be one of the reasons why God gave Brother Swagger this message 25 to 27 years ago, however long, for this day and this time because the church is corrupt. The church has been fooled. The church has been taught to put their faith in everything but the right thing. And so... If our faith isn't in what Jesus did, we're going to be wishy-washy. We're not going to be able to get victory over sin. And he says, "Shall What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. The book of Jude, I was reading through it the other day, says that in the last days that there would be men and women that would creep in and they would take the grace of God, and turn it into lasciviousness. You know what that means? License. God's grace is greater than your sin, so you don't have to worry about your sin. He already knows you're going to fail. Just ignore it. You're under grace, and you'll be okay. Okay. Don't don't confess your sin, some of them say, because if you do that, you'll create a sin consciousness. So then what they do is they give people license to sin. They tell them it's okay. But that ain't what the Bible teaches. There's an answer for our sin. Shall we continue in sin that grace may have been? God forbid, how shall we who are Dead to sin, live any longer therein. That's referring to the sin nature again, the nature that we're born with. When we come to Jesus Christ, you got to know this. I got to know this. You got not only know it, but you got to live it. You got you got to practice it on a daily basis, and you can't get away from it. You can't get away from Jesus. You can't get away from the truth. You cannot ignore it. Listen. How shall we who are dead to sin... The sin nature live any longer than So what this tells us is the sin nature that we have when we come to Jesus Christ at the moment we accept Him, we don't understand all this, but we got to learn it. We got to figure it out. At that moment, the sin nature that was ruling us at that very moment is put to death. It's broke. It's power is stopped and your whole life changes and you stop doing some things you used to do and you start doing some things you didn't do. You start living for God. You start eschewing evil. You start living your life in a totally different manner. You're not... You're looking... To stay out of sin. You ain't looking to get in it. You're looking to avoid it. You're looking to, to get out of it. Because you've been placed into a whole different environment now spiritually. you got the Spirit of God in you now. And the Spirit of God is holy. <laughs> Why do you think they call Him the Holy Spirit? Because He's Holy. You got a new nature. You still have a sin nature, but now you got a divine nature. That's God's nature. And that's why you stop doing some of the things you used to do. Because God ain't gonna let you live in sin now as a Christian. You're dead to sin. You, it, it's dead. Jesus broke its power and all of a sudden everything changes. Your life changes. You're going in a whole new direction. Now you're living by faith. The sin nature's power is broke. But, hold on. There's still corruption left. There's still anger left. There's still jealousy left. There's still flesh left. There's still things left. Okay, you were free from some things that were strongholds, but you're left. <laughs> With things that God is going to use as disciplinary measures to teach you trust and dependence totally on Him. That's going to push you to trust Him with every area of your heart. So the sin nature's power, it's broken. We don't live any longer. In sin. And he said in verse three, do you not know? It's a question. Do you not know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Remember that's a question. Do you not know? I didn't know. And most likely you didn't know. But you gotta learn at some point. Somebody's gotta teach you. Somebody's got to preach this to you. Did you not know that so many of us as were not baptized into water baptized into Jesus Christ? This is a spiritual death. It's not a literal thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's what takes place we are immersed into Jesus Christ as salvation. This don't happen when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. This happens when you get saved. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is not deliverance from sin. That's the power to carry out the work of God. Don't be confused. Don't they? Because man, I feel with the Holy Ghost now. I, I, I feel like I could float on the clouds and you might feel like that. But that's not your cure for sin. That's for your service. You gotta know this for the sin part. That at salvation, we were baptized into Jesus Christ. And we were baptized into his death. That means his death is our death. His burial is our burial. The old you was crucified with him, buried with him. You bury something you don't want to see again. Buried. Everything you were before salvation, everything you ever did, guess where it's supposed to be? Buried. Where? With Him. At Calvary. And then you uh, knew you was just like Jesus was raised up by the power of God, was raised up with Him, in Him, not separate from Him, in Him. His death is your death. Everything is about us and Him being immersed together. You ain't separated from Him. You are baptized into Him. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. Remember after you got saved, when people ask you, and you say, man, I just love Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Do you know today it's still all about Jesus? Jesus. You couldn't explain all of what happened. You just said, I love Jesus. I've changed. I feel different. This is what happened. I couldn't explain what happened to me on that day, January 31st, 1999, but I could tell you, boy, I sure knew something happened. Huh. I knew. I felt it. I knew I was a different person. I couldn't explain it. I wish I'd have had somebody there by my side for the first year to teach me this. Would have saved me a lot of trouble. But God let things happen the way they did to teach us. I think God probably could have put somebody in our lives immediately, but he didn't to teach us because we all have to have a way of learning. We usually have to learn the hard way. (laughs) Do you not know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. Not water. It's a spiritual baptism. Has nothing to do with water. This is what happens at salvation. The born again experience. Remember, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again you must be born of the spirit the spirit you must you 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 must be regenerated you must be totally And this can't happen by the hand of a man. It happens by the power of God. The Holy Spirit does the work. He does the surgery. He places us into Jesus Christ at salvation. His death is our death. We're buried with Him. The old man is crucified with Him. We have died with Him by faith that just like as Christ, was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Walk. Let's See, this is how we live. This is how we overcome these things like Brian was talking about earlier. He's going to overcome it. You watch. He going to stand up here one day and say, you know what? I don't even remember the last time I did anything like that. You just wait. You watch. You put your faith in what God says that he's given to bring the changes in your life. To crucify and get rid of things that need to go and all of a sudden before you know it one day something's just gonna be gone and you ain't even gonna, you gonna forget it was even there and later you're gonna say, my Lord, you know what? It's been a long time since something like that happened. Something must be working here. Well hello church. This is how God works. You put your faith in what Jesus did. The Holy Ghost goes to work every day of your life and He brings change. If you follow any other pattern, you're going to stay in that cycle. Sinning and repenting, sinning and repenting. saying we're supposed to repent when we sin, but it's not God's will that we're sinning all the time. No, it's not. Jesus didn't die to leave us in failure. He died to give us life more abundantly. To free us from things. He said in verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Boy, that's resurrection power. But you see, you can't have a resurrection until you experience death. You know, we got a lot of Christians running around talking about resurrection power, but they're not understanding crucifixion. They're not understanding how the old man has been dealt with, how the old man has been put to death with Jesus. They think that they're going to confess resurrection life or they're going to get them some scripture and and speak positive and everything's going to come out good. No, it's not. You're ignoring God's process if you're doing that. And you're going to keep failing. You're going to stay in that cycle. But he said, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6 says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Is crucified, not might be, is. Do you know that right here today, in 2024 of February, the 27th? Am I close? I don't know. I have to look at my phone to tell what the date is. 25th? Not too far off. That your old man, what you used to be all those years ago before knowing the Lord, do you know where he is? The Bible says he is crucified. (laughs) He's dead. He's been, that sin nature that was dominating us has been broken. Now we're no longer being dominated and led by sin. We are being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not perfect, but we're free. We're not perfect, but we're not living in bondage to sin because the old man has been put to death. With him, look, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That's the power of the sin nature. It's broken. Jesus broke it at the cross. isn't It hasn't been broken anywhere else. It hasn't been dealt with through a doctor, through psychiatry. It's been dealt with through the shed blood of God's Son that we should not serve sin. We were servants of sin before we came to him. Now we're servants of righteousness. For he who is dead is freed from sin. I mean, indeed, just in these first six or seven verses that I've read here is enough to show us and to tell us what has happened in our heart and in our life as Christians. And what God demands of us as born-again Christians is this, that we put our faith in Jesus alone and what he's done and nothing else and whatever the changes that need to take place in our life as we daily trust him and surrender to him and say, Lord, I can't do it, only you can do it. Like Brian said earlier, swallow our pride. Just go on and say, I was wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. Honey, I'm sorry. Whoever you need to apologize to, I'm sorry. It was me. I messed up. I take responsibility. I put it under the blood. I go forward. I forget it. I let it go. And I start over and I say, Lord, now take me from this day forward and change me. The sin nature has been broken. Through the cross of Jesus Christ. And God says, we, the old us, have been crucified with his son. And a new you has been raised up by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in newness of life. And that your old man, you are free from sin because your old man is crucified with him. Every bit of this takes us back to the cross. And you say that we don't need to hear that? People say y'all talk, y'all shouldn't talk about, oh, the cross is just past misery. The cross is the greatest victory the world has ever known. What looks ridiculous, what looks Nasty, what looks like a bloody mess actually is the very thing that sets man free from sin and delivers him and brings him out of darkness. Remember the man of Gadara? Remember the man, the demoniac? Remember the man who was possessed with all the devils? Remember the man that the Bible said no man could tame Remember that one man, Jesus said, we're going, let's go to the other side. Because I hear somebody crying out. He didn't say that, but I have a feeling that's what he was feeling. And he gets to the other side and remember the man possessed with all the devils met him at the seashore and bowed down before him and the devil in him, you know, had to submit down and fall down before the feet of the world's redeemer and he begins to plead with him about, you know, where the demons go and this and that and Jesus just, just, I mean Jesus just with a few words sets him totally free. Before that he was suicidal, he was a mess, he was bound by the devil, psychiatrists couldn't help him, the family couldn't help him he lived in a graveyard, he lived in darkness, he was bound by death, he was on his way to hell but when Jesus got done with him, he was sitting down in his right mind, he had clothes on and praise God he was ready to tell somebody what the Lord had done for him. He didn't need Dr. Phil. He didn't need Ritalin. He didn't need ADD, ADHD. He didn't need medicine. He needed the power of God. And I'm telling you today, everybody watching, that's what you need. I don't care what these deadbeat preachers around here are telling some of y'all. Y'all, some of you people are attending morgues for a church. And a preacher preaching nothing but death and you ain't getting nothing out of it. You are wasting your time. Why don't you try coming over here where you can get some truth? Why don't you try coming where the power of God is moving? Why don't you try coming where some people says, hey, let me tell you what Jesus can do in your life. Come on over here where there were some former alcoholics. Come on over here where there were some former drug addicts. Come on over here where there were some former sinners where you can learn the truth. And I'll guarantee you, your life will change. I've been publishing these videos on the city of Athens pages and people are watching. I've been putting them out there for the public, this town, city of Athens, lady responded today, today, said, thank you for pastor for putting this video, putting the word of God on the city of Athens page. Come on Athens, where y'all at? You want the truth? We got it. I'm not saying I'm the only one. I ain't saying we're perfect. I'm telling you, you can be made free. You don't need a program. You don't need three steps. You don't need two steps. You don't need ten steps. You need the blood. You need the message of the cross preached to you continuously to keep you on the right path. And as you do, as the Scripture says, when the Son shall make you free you shall be free indeed. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. And tonight, if you're bound by sin and you're watching somehow through that camera and people have told you, you're always going to be like that. I want to tell you that's wrong. It's a lie. That's not the word of God. Your answer is is in the cross of Jesus Christ. You've already been made free. You just need to know about it. Stand to your feet if you would. We're going to close tonight in prayer. I'm not going to belabor anything. I'm not going to wear Miss Grace out anymore. I'm tired and I'm ready to go myself. And I hope you've been touched tonight. I hope you've gotten something. I hope you've been blessed and for. Keep praying for people that are watching. Pray for these videos that God will draw more people to hear the truth and fill our church with some hungry souls. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. We thank you for the power of your spirit. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that sets us free. I thank you that the message of the cross is for us today. It's still real. And it still works, Lord. And I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do. I pray for every person in this place tonight as we leave, that you go with every person, that you protect them, that you watch over them, that you set your angels round about us, that you guard us, that you guide us, that you keep us. And Lord, I pray for people on the other side of that camera again, that you touch people, that you deal with people, you set, people free and bring them to the truth of your word and we thank you and we praise you for it in jesus name amen and amen god
3: we hope you were blessed by the live service from family worship center in athens tennessee our weekly services are sunday at ten thirty a.m sunday at five thirty p.m and wednesday evening at six thirty p.m Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 Seven four four zero seven seven four.